All right, hello. This is part two of take two. Take two of live podcasting, which we've never done before. Hello, I am Dawn, and I am the criticizer of books. And I am Elise, and I am the rejecter of romance. If you are new here, we are teen librarians in the Chicagoland area, and we are avid YA fiction readers. We are live, we are at work, so anything could happen. You might hear some noises, you might hear kids. We work in where next to a meeting space so people are kind of loud so you might hear some some fun things we apologize we're live um what else we gonna talk about what are we, we doing today to okay <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question what are we doing today? <laughs> uh today we are doing a we usually do a cold open if you listen to our normal podcast we do a cold open where we do a countdown or we discuss hot topics and today's cold open is YA series that we are not going to finish. After that, we are going to do our October TBR and we're gonna make some predictions and we'll talk more about that in a second. And then hopefully we will be giving some stuff away considering this works <laughs> and that people can hear. But we're only giving away to online listeners. So we'll be giving some arcs away. We also have a read-along. It's called Read-Along with the Universe, where we read a book during a month, and we discuss it chapter, like, certain number of chapters of time. We had we just finished There Will Come a Darkness by Katie Rose Poole. Those podcasts are already up. October, we are doing The Beautiful by Renee Adier, and that first podcast, technically, we post on Sunday, but it will be available on Friday. All right. Are you ready yes. for our... Let's bust into our cold open. Cold open. As a reminder, this is popular series that we started, but will not be finishing. I'm going to let you go first, Tom. Okay. So oh, sorry. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> um, the I'm going in order of publication date. So the first series that I will not be finishing is A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. Um, assuming that if you're listening, you are new to our podcast, um, I often wax poetic about how I do not, uh, like authors, artists, musicians, etc. when they become too big. I know that's bullshit. I know that that's just my own personal bias. And I think that's what happened with this book series. I really love the Throne of Glass series. It's really interesting. You know, she takes some tropes and she does something with them and she changes things. But like in A Court of Thorns and Roses, I just felt that it was a an attempt to have like a Beauty and the Beast smut book. <laughs> and honestly, it sounds like something I would be into, but I was not. Like it was just tropey and dumb and bad character development and not just... And then as I'm noticing in her long series, she seems to pivot like halfway through and sorry, there's like alarms going off next door. She seems to pivot her, her trajectory, like halfway through her series in Throne of Glass, we see like book four to kind of takes a different direction. It's like, okay, the story is, the story is expanding. I need to, I need to run with that. And with the Court of Thorns and Roses, it just switched tracks. And I was like, I'm good. I'm not gonna I'm not going to keep reading that series. Because she switched guys? Because she switched guys, and even though Girls. I liked the second guy better, it was just like, what? Yeah. I have not read that, which is new, but I didn't like it. 
I I started, well, I read book two. It was painful. Um, I only read book two because I liked Reese. I don't like Tamlin. And I knew she was going to end up with Reese in book two, which she did. But then she goes to his world and it gets really confusing. And he there's a whole bunch of new characters. And I just didn't understand the world. The smut was great, but, you know, not enough to keep me going. So yeah. I, I will also not finish it. That's not on my list, but I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, my first YA book series I will not be finishing is Cruel, Cruel, oh my gosh, Cruel Prince by Holly Black. This is an unpopular opinion, too bad. I I didn't like anything about this book. Um, so let's start with uh, the plot. I felt like the book was a big old prequel. There was no plot and the book is big as hell. It's over yeah. 500 pages, I believe. It's a huge book for there to be no plot. Um, I did not like the characters. Uh, Jude, she was not a new voice. I've heard this girl's voice before. She wants to be a warrior, but she's a girl. So she has to find other ways to bring out her warrior-ness. So then she becomes a spy, but she's never been a spy, but she's the best spy in the land. Like, I'm not buying that. And then we have Carden, Caden, I can't remember his name, the prince, the cruel prince. And he is cruel, but he was cruel because his father beat him or his brother beat him. I don't know. Somebody beat him. It's like, really? We're going with that? Like, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't enjoy the book. I This is the second book that I have read by Holly Black. I did not like Cold Girl in Cold Town. I don't remember what it's called. The coldest girl in Cold Town. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it might just be that I don't like her writing style. And that's okay. I don't like her writing style. I'm not going to read her books anymore. End of discussion. Some books are not for everyone. As if you're a reader, you know. Yeah. All right. My next series that I will not be finishing is Clara Legrand's Furyborn series. I This is actually called the Imperium series, but the first book is Furyborn. The second book is Kingsbane, which came out this past May. Um... <laughs> I, I struggled with this one because I really loved Furyborn. I it was one of my favorite books of 2018. I loved the um, the the take on destiny that she attempts to kind of uh, subvert with her two opposing characters, Riel and Eliana. Yeah. Um, one is a queen. One is like an assassin warrior, um, and one is supposed to be this projected like savior of the world, AKA the sun queen. And the other is supposed to be the blood queen, which is like the destroyer of the world. And the sun queen is supposed to fix what the blood queen does. Honestly, it's kind remember. of unclear. Yeah. Um, there's prophecies. It's, it's a fun read. Um, and you may feel differently about book two than I did, but book one had a great setup. It had a great plot. It had a great direction. The characters were great. There was some sexy times that was enjoyable to read. It was shocking. It's like a, it's definitely older YA. Um, It had everything that I like in a fantasy. And then book two just, it, it seemed as though the book itself was too much for itself and it didn't know where to go. And the characters did not grow and they were just literally rehashing the same issue in their mind over and over and over again. Like, I understand that that's realistic to human nature, but it's not enjoyable to read in a book. So it did this thing where the, there, so like there's these monks or whatever, and they tell real, Mm -hmm. real, 
this is what no they're like oh we can't tell you she's she's like trying to find horcruxes mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. and then they're like oh no we can't tell you but then they're like oh wait yeah. We're gonna tell. But you. then she goes to okay, so she, she has to go to like seven like, or something. Maybe yeah. it's Harry Pottery in my mind. I don't. Maybe it's nine. I can't remember. At one of them, they like don't tell her anything, and then at the next one, they flat up hand it to her. It's like I get that she's trying to like vary how she receives these again horcruxes. Is essentially what they are. Yeah. But it was like, what the? Oh my god! It, yeah, the book was all over the place. It was all over the place. That was also was a book that I will not be finishing. Yeah, but that's not on my list. So I do not plan on reading book three. Which is sad. I really wanted to. My second one is A Curse So Dark and Lonely by Bridget Kimmerer. 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 There's a movie that, there's something that does that. Kimmerer. I don't know what it is. Oh okay. <laughs> um, this also huge book. Um, I know a lot of people love this book. I found the world to be confusing. I didn't understand, uh, once again, another Beauty and the Beast retelling. I didn't understand how the beast didn't age, but the rest of the world did. I didn't quite understand any of that. Um, I didn't like the romance. Uh, the author does this thing where the main character kept telling the reader that the beast is cruel, but he never showed any cruelty. No, and I was I was looking for the cruelty. I'm like wishing for it and I can never find any mm -hmm. point where I mean he helps her the whole time and he like compliments her and like praises her yeah, and he was more just sad and pathetic like it wasn't a, it wasn't threatening or frightening at all pitiful pathetic pitiful yeah it's not cruelty no uh so I didn't like that and I wasn't feeling the romance because she kept saying I'm not gonna fall in love with you I'm not gonna fall in love. Yeah. and of course she falls in love with them it's like okay <laughs> Um, it tried to be funny at some points where she's supposed to be like the princess of DC. Like that whole exchange was not funny. Um, and the whole time she wanted to go home and she's begging like the villain Lilith, who was a horrible villain, by the way. And then she finally lets her go home and she's there for like a chapter and it's like inconsequential. It was just a, it was just a hot ass mess. Um, I, I didn't like anything. Well, I I'm lying. The first 30 pages yeah, the first were really 30 good. pages were very interesting and we were both like oh i think this might if it carries on with this it might be the best book of the year which whoo and it it was probably the as worst you book say of the year. oh doggies <laughs> oh, dog I, I even forgot that that was a 20 2019 yeah. like that seems like so long ago then again yeah. it is october but still all right my last book series is the wicked saints by emily a duncan this one was a, when did this come out? April? Yeah. May? I don't remember. We did a whole, whole thing on it. Yeah, that's right. Um, This was a Slavic-inspired mythological story about a girl who has magical powers and has to save the world. Again. <laughs> Not much else needs to be said, except for the fact that the names in this book were, the names of everything, the places the people the shit that went down it was just like everything was so hard to say that it forces it forced me to like lift myself out of the story i was like i can't i and she repeats it it was just that was a a, a major beef of mine clearly but i did not connect with the main character um this girl who's supposed to be this again messiah character has nothing interesting about her except that she falls in love with an anti-hero and i love a good love to hate trope but this one just 
didn't really go anywhere for me. It didn't have the emotional impact that I think the author was intending it to. Um, and it, when I first finished this book, I was like, all right, I'm going to plan to read book two. But looking at already what's coming out in 2020, I'm most definitely not going to be wasting my time. Did you like do some research or something? I mean, all of the publishers are like releasing their 2020 Edelweiss catalogs. And I've been just going through and adding stuff to my TBR. So there's some good stuff coming out next year and I will not be wasting my time with shitty book number twos. <laughs> shitty book number two. Okay. My last YA series that I will not be finishing is Girls of Paper and Fire by Natasha Nagan. Okay. Um, once again, we have an unremarkable main character. There's nothing special about her except her eyes. And by the end of the story, we still don't know what's special about her eyes. Right. Um, so authors, this is what we don't like. I understand you have a series, but if you are setting up a mystery in the first book, please solve that. Yeah. Yeah. And and then bring up a or right. don't leave the main thing a cliffhanger. So there there was something with the box. She got a box from her mom. Upon birth, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the eye thing. And neither one of those was resolved. So And and when you put that in the the she she made the mistake of putting it in like a prologue. Mm-hmm. And when you put it, when you put something in a prologue, that tells me that it's something I'm going to need to refer back to throughout the story. Yeah. At no point was it brought up in any substantial way. So that was a problem. Yeah, that was a huge problem. Um, the romance was not great. We had, it's a queer romance and it's, so I don't know if it was a romance of convenience because all of the other girls in this concubine lair were not interesting at all. They're all wet blankets. So she just happened to find the other girl who likes girls also. So mm-hmm. that's not a huge setup for a sweeping romance, Mm-mm. in my opinion. Mm-mm. Both of them were boring. That's not a soulmate connection. No. Um, and then we have the Demon King, another freaking Demon King. Yeah cartoon villain he was just simply a manipulator wasn't he literally like half bull half human yeah he had horns it was just way too and obvious. that was the extent of his character development yeah pretty he much. had horns uh i like villains villains i think can make or break a story and it broke this one it just wasn't interesting and finally the book was rapey it was yeah it was very rapey and i'm shocked no one pointed that out it was mm-hmm. we have a whole podcast on it um i think it was back in February or whatever. Oh, earlier this year, yeah. Yeah, this is a 2019 club. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, so I'll I'll pass yeah. on that one. Alrighty. So that was fun. <laughs> I like bashing books. <laughs> Not really, but you know yeah, you do. Alrighty. On to our October predictions. This is where we again talk about what we are going to be reading and make predictions based on what we know we like to read, etc. So I will go first because I actually have more books than you. Um, the first book that I'm going to read is called When You Ask Me Where I'm Going by Jasmine Kaur. This is a contemporary YA poetry short story anthology. Um, poetry is having a moment right now. Not really sure why, but it is. People are reading it more, they're buying it, they're writing it, they're engaging with it. And so if you're familiar with like really popular poets, poets like Rupi Kaur, you'll really like this book. Um, 
The author takes a feminist cultural look at trauma, love, empowerment, our past, how it informs our future, racism, sexism, and everything in between. And it was um, something that I got in an art box earlier this month. Had no intentions to read it, but suddenly was like, I need something short. Here we go. So I'm going to predict that I'm going to give this a four stars because I really like poetry. Um, I'm predicting a four stars because poetry is very emotional and I want to, if I don't connect with that on a personal level, then it's not going to be a good time. So I'm going to be safe and say that I'm going to give it a four star. So that is again, when you ask me where I'm going by Jasmine Court. My first book is Rebel by Marie Lu. This is book four in the 2013 Legend series. <laughs> um, I love that series. A lot of people didn't like the ending. I really like the ending. However, I'm gonna produce a three and a half, just kind of backtrack. And here's why. I have not enjoyed Marie Lu's subsequent books. I didn't like Warcross. I Young Elites, I hated the first one, loved the second one, detested the third one, and her Batman retelling was just okay. Um, my problem with Marie Lu is she's not a bad writer, but her writing is very on the nose. There's there's nothing left to the imagination of the reader. She doesn't allow you to infer everything. She just puts it all out there. Um, and that was fine in 2012 when she was a debut, but she hasn't grown much as a writer. Whereas I've read a lot of other writers who have, like um, Lee Bardugo, I think um, Sarah J. Mass has grown from the first mm -hmm. book of Throne of Glass to her last book of Throne of Glass. I think she's grown a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and Marie Lou has just kind of stayed the course. That's okay for teens. Teens um, love her books. Our teens at our library love her books. I promote her books all the time. That's fine. But as an adult who enjoys YA, I need, I need a little bit more critical merit. So... I'm worried that Rebel is just gonna be another just middle of the road. Yeah. And I, I said I was retiring Marie Lou's jersey. I was like, I'm not. But then she busted this out and I was like, oh, and I'm scared to read it because I love Legend and I'm afraid that and I will do this. Like I will love the first two books in a series. And if that third book is shit, I will hate the author. I will hate the series. I will just give up. I just throw my hands in the air. So I'm afraid that that's going to happen, but I got to read it. I mean, I got to <laughs> be loyal to the, to the book you love. Yeah. Series you love, whatever. All right. My next book is Serpent and Dove by Shelby Mehurin. I am predicting a 3.75 for this because I believe it's a debut fantasy. I've never heard of this author before. Um, it is a historical fantasy which is a genre I really love. Um, the cover's really cool, so both of those things kind of drew me in. And the main character, Louise, is a witch in hiding. And she, in order to survive this conflict that's going on, which I won't get into in this moment, but um, she has to enter into a marriage of convenience with a guy from the church, which, of course, is what hunts witches. So it's an intriguing... She's a witch? She is a witch. Okay. Um, I don't know what he's running from that he's got to marry her, but I'll get there. Um, I love a good, you know, love to hate trope, as I've mentioned before in this podcast today. 
So I'm really crossing my fingers that that plays off to my advantage as the reader. <laughs> I really want like emotional depth. I have started it so far and I am liking it because it's reading like an adult book. So, oh yeah, there was some controversy. People were yeah. like, is this adult? And the author oh, was yeah. like, no, it's YA. But people right. are like, mm. it, it, it very much reads new adult because the book opens up with these women working in a brothel essentially and like stealing money off of rich clients and like that kind of thing um and this woman has sexual partners that she uses to her convenience and yeah it's a very adult book and even the way it's written is a very adult type narrative so i'm i'm into it so far it's you know i read obviously adult fiction but yeah i'm liking it i hope it i hope it's good but to be safe because it's it's a debut fantasy mm -hmm. i am gonna say 3.75 all right my next book is 13 Doorways, Wolves Behind the Mall by Laura Ruby. She just got long listed for the National Book Award. Um, but I had planned on reading this book before. Mm -hmm. She got long listed. Same. Thank you very much. We got the book of Ali in June. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this book is a historical fiction. It is about, it takes place in Chicago in the 40s, pre-World War II, and then as the America is going into World War II. And our main character is Frankie. She is an orphan, but at this time, orphans were a little different. Um, if your parents could not afford to take care of you, they put you in an orphanage and they would come and visit you. And the orphanage basically gave you room and board mm -hmm. and food. Um, so that's kind of her situation. I thought that was really interesting. And the weird thing about this book because Laura Ruby's YA books tend to be weird YA. Her first book was Bone Gap. It was amazing. I loved it. but It was very weird and very polarizing because people, if you either loved it or you hated it because it was weird. And this book is weird because it is narrated by a ghost. And the ghost is a girl and I'm not going to say too much about her because it, you know, you have to read it to find out what her story is. I'm still not quite sure what it is. I'm halfway through. I kind of started already. I'm halfway through. I'm scared. Um, I and I can honestly say I am confused as shit. Right. I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> and it's not a bad thing because Laura Ruby is a beautiful writer yeah. and it's very atmospheric. At least the and, is enjoyable. Yeah, and we live in the Chicagoland area. So to hear her reference like Jackson Park and what it looked like in the 40s is great, you know. Um but at the same time, I don't understand what where this book is going. It is if you want to talk about a metaphorical book, oh my god. Everything is metaphorical in this book. Even mm -hmm. that title. What is this title? I know. 13 Doorways, Wolves Behind the Mall. So every time I see a doorway or a fox or a wolf, I'm like, oh my God, what does a wolf mean? What does a fox symbolize? I have to like look it up, which I like doing. I'm not complaining. But my issue is I'm 50% in and yeah. I still am There's confused. no orientation. That's not no. good. But in true Laura Ruby fashion, it will hit me in the face. It will just all become clear probably in a couple chapters and I'll be like, oh, well, this yeah. is amazing. I remember in Bone that. Gap, there was that one chapter told from that one old dude's perspective and that then was, that's when everything kind of fell into place a little bit. But it was still cryptic. But it was still very And cryptic. I literally read that chapter 15 times. Yeah. And I was still but a she, little confused about yeah, it. Yeah, but she does a good job of being like, this is the chapter you need to pay yes. attention to and so as a reader you're like oh okay you know yeah, I, mean, I mean i get it still but it's like <laughs> this is where the clues lie this is also on my list um 
I did not intentionally read a plot synopsis because I kind of wanted to just jump in feet first into the deep end because why the hell not? Because she's crazy, like in a good way. Like, mm-hmm. again, I read Bone Gap. I enjoyed reading it, but I did not get it. I'm sad that I didn't. Um, I guess it's a reimagining of the Hades and Persephone myth, which I wasn't familiar with intimately enough to really make that connection, I guess. Um, so for this reason, I'm going to be safe again and give um, her new book a three and a half star prediction. I don't know what I gave Bone Gap. I don't think I rated it low because I didn't get it. Like the book was very well written. It had really good characters, even if I, I, I felt like even though I didn't understand the like larger metaphor that was necessarily happening, it was good characters. It was interesting enough to keep me with it until the end. And I knew that I was reading something special. So I am hoping to get at least that same. That's what's sense. keeping me going. Right. Like, like, it's not bad. Like the characters are interesting. Like I said, it's 40s. It's pre-World War Two. Yeah. It's actually starting like as the book is going on, we um, Pearl Pearl Harbor has been bombed and so now they're sending the boys to the war. So it it's right in the crux of the of the war, which is great. Um, it's just, and it's like, I will come across a couple of words and I'm like, this is important. I don't know why, but I know it's important. Mm-hmm. So let me highlight it and then let me track back. Yeah, you have to like active read this book. You, and you have to read with another person. I wish you were reading it with me, but you really do have to read this with another person or a book club or something because mm-hmm. It, it needs it's to discussion be heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to um, predict a four. I don't know if I said that a four. I don't think you did. All right. My next book is Orpheus Girl by Bryn, Bryn Rebel Henry. This is. How did I start this? Um, the author of this book is being compared to Sylvia Plath, um, and she's only 20. So when I read that on the back, I was like, let me see what this is about. It's really short. It's supposed to be a reimagining of the Orpheus tale. Um, It's about two girls from Texas who are um, coming into their queerness as young adults, and they are found kissing by their respective family members and sent to a gay conversion camp. And Raya, the main character, kind of assumes this mythical role of Orpheus and like uh, vows to save them and quote unquote return them to the world of the living, as it were. Um, so yeah, the 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 comparison to Sylvia Plath got me because I fucking love her and I've read all of her shit and <laughs> we'll see. So mm-hmm. this is gonna be this is gonna be either a praise or a rip apart for me. So my prediction is three stars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you laugh at the end of that. All right. My last one is The Fountains of Silence by Ruta Sapetis. I literally have the bell jar on my desk. Like, I love this woman. We'll see. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Uh, Fountains of Silence by Ruta Sapetis. Um, I don't know what this book is about. What is it about? <laughs> it is, oh, yeah, yeah. It's about um, 1950s Spain which was a very tumultuous time. Um, there was the Franco dictatorship that like took over power and was killing anybody who was not a fascist. I think they were a fascist dictatorship and they were killing like communists and socialists. Don't quote me on that. We will find out as we read this book. Um, but it follows obviously teens like trying to navigate and survive this tumultuous time. 
Her books are always very, very intense, multi-layered, very well-researched. Um, I'm expecting nothing short of a miracle. So I'm predicting a five stars for this book. A miracle of brilliance. Um, both. A okay. miracle of brilliance. A miracle of brilliance. A brilliant miracle. <laughs> that word just kind of fell out of my mouth. Yeah, uh, I, I'm predicting a 4.25 because I, shut up, Elise. These little bullshit 4.25. They count. Four, they 4. matter. 4.82365. What does that even mean? It means that I don't want to give it a four and a half, but I don't want to give it a four. God. in between. <laughs> I rolled my eyes so hard it hurt. I read uh, La J Julie Berry. Yeah. This year, I loved Passion of Dosa. It was my favorite book of that year, one of my favorites of all time. But then The Lovely War, I didn't like. So now I'm a little reluctant to do this with Ruda. I love Salt of the Sea. Once again, one of my favorites of that year. It was a beautiful book. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm afraid I'm not going to enjoy this. So I'm rating it. Why? I'm rating it low. The time period? No, I mean, I don't like history. I don't like historical fiction. Oh. So anything is anything is new and fresh and fascinating to me. I don't I don't I hate history class. I yeah. don't so like I said, you know, any anything I didn't know there was conflict in Spain. What do I know? I don't know. If it ain't World War Two and Hitler, I don't know shit. Wow. Uh, Spoken <laughs> like a true American. But you know what? No, I know. That is what my so teacher important. focused on. Of you and in every, history exactly. class, it's it. Everybody's teacher, unless you like, you know, majored in history or something, you didn't learn about these other no. conflicts in other countries. And that's what I like about her books is that she broadens the perspective of the average American reader because she's bringing us things like, you know, um, I had no idea that there was like a Jewish uh, genocide in Russia around the same time as there was in Germany and Poland and everywhere. Like, we mm -hmm. just don't really learn about that. And so um, this is something I'm really looking forward to reading because I think it's going to be very reminiscent of things happening in our current culture. Oh, so. Okay. Yeah. Because anyway, that's you have one. one. No, um, I have, no, I don't have one more book. I went well, first. So that was it. Um, I'm not going to be predicting oh, yeah. these books because I've already read them, yeah. but we will be discussing Fireborn by Rosario, that's not her name, Rosaria Munda, Good Luck Girls by Charlotte Nicole Davis, and The Grace Year Oof. by Kim Leggett's, Leggett. Um, Leggett. Uh, fun fact, only one of these books was good, and the other two are going to be at the tippy-tippity top <laughs> of Dawn's Worst YA of 2019. I... One of them is going to be number one. I don't see anything getting worse than this one book. Yeah, I have only read one of these titles, and I can attest to its atrocity. Oh, oh, it's about to be ripped a new one next yeah, month, guys. Good. So tune in next month tune to in. our October prediction recap. All right, that was fun. Yeah. Um, once again, we do this monthly. The next podcast will be Read Along with the Universe, and we are reading The Beautiful by Renee Adier and Who Dog Is. We are having a tough time we with are, this one. We are struggling to funk with this book. Struggling. Already. I'm 45 if, pages in, and I'm already like, dying. Why? We're dying. dying. I'm literally dying. <laughs> We're dying. So if you have read, it doesn't really get published until October 8th, but I know a lot of people got the arc. Yeah. So, you know, if you read it, you already know what we're talking about. This should be fun. 
Um, and we will be posting our September recap pretty soon. Soon as are you done with your with your September pubs? Yes, and that's your answer. For what we haven't done it yet. I don't. I think I have. I think I still have one more. Okay. All right. Well, I see we have one person who joined us at the very end. We're we're about to be over. I'm sorry. Um, but thank you for joining us live. Hopefully, we can do this again. I enjoy it yeah, because Don doesn't have to edit, so that's mm -hmm. always fun. Uh, thank you for joining us. We are on Instagram, the novel no novel universe pod. And we will catch you in the next podcast.